Hey everybody, Zach here. Just wanna give a quick thank you and shout out to Element 451 for making today's conversation possible. I've been talking with several several of you um, about their new product packs and just wanna reiterate how much of a game changer I think that this is for the higher ed CRM space. So you know that moment after you've finally gone through the whole RFP process, you've done you know training and onboarding with the CRM vendor that you selected and then you know, you're know you in the CRM and you realize, oh my gosh, there's just so much work to do to get up and running, right? Like we've got to build out our conflows, we've got to build out our landing pages, et cetera. Well, with PAX by Element 451, this headache goes away because what PAX is, is it's essentially pre-packaged content, right? Pre-built content, designs, and automations. So you're actually able to do in minutes what would normally take your enrollment management team or your marketing team or your IT team weeks to do. No code needed, no writers, you know, no wasted time. Each pack is designed with a very specific goal in mind. So for example, you could install the senior search pack and in minutes, you'll have five personalized emails that are totally branded to your school, your audience segments, um, and a whole marketing automation workflow that will make the campaign run effortlessly. So in a fraction of the time that it usually takes, you'll be well on your way to achieving your enrollment goals. We all know that uh, time is everything, especially these days. So what's super cool about Element 451 is that they're, you know, they're finally a higher ed CRM that actually comes with content, guys. Like, this is game changing. Uh, anyways, learn more at element451.com forward slash enrollify. Again, that's element451.com forward slash enrollify. And if you'd like a personal introduction to the team there, um, I, I know artists um, and they are uh, just a fantastic group of people and I'd be wel- I'd, I'd welcome any opportunity I can to introduce you or your team to their customer success team. So feel free to reach out to me directly at Zach, Z-A-C-H at enrollify.org if you'd like me to make that introduction or even give you a sneak peek behind the scenes look at how the product works. All right, everyone, thanks so much for your time and thank you Element for making today's conversation possible. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Cruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. We are back. Mickey, I'm sorry for dropping the ball over the last couple of weeks. To all of our listeners, the reason we were uh, MIA for, I think it was two weeks, uh, it is entirely my fault. Mickey shares none of that blame, so uh, you can you can hate on me on LinkedIn and Twitter later. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, to be fair, you you know, when, as you're on the road and uh, you know tackling other things, you know, it did give me time to get caught up on uh, inbox. You know, when when those emails you know build up to over three hundred, it's Jeez. It, can, it can weigh you down. Yeah, it can weigh you down. Well, what I hear you saying is that uh, you know I. You're, you're thankful that I was a, a little missing in action. So I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. It'll make me feel a little uh, bit better. I mean, thankful is a strong word, but I, <laughs> you know, I was able to use the time appropriately. How good. about that? You didn't waste it. You didn't sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's yes. That's, that's guaranteed. Did not sleep in. 
Well, um, for folks who might not be aware, we did this like very, I don't know if I did this very, very last minute podcast road show. And um, here, here's sort of like the basic story. Mickey, I, I don't even remember if I mentioned this to you or not. But basically, I found out, uh, you know, I've been on the road for the past, you know, year, almost almost exactly uh, a year. October 1 will be one year. And um, my wife ended up going to her, one of her friends was having this uh, uh, birthday in California. And so she ended up flying to California for like a week for this friend's uh, birthday. She hadn't seen this friend for, you know, two and a half years or so. And I, it was all very, 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 very last minute. And so I unexpectedly had like a week where I was like, well, I don't have anything to do. I don't really, I'm not, you know, in my home, I'm not in DC. So I'm stuck in sort of like New England. Like, how do I sort of like optimize this time? So I was on a run and I was like, you know what, what if we, what if we tried to do like this very like last minute back to school, sort of like, how's everybody doing podcasts, you know, roadshow. And I ran it by a couple of um, of our team members, and you know, folks were folks were really game. Uh, so we, you know, shot a bunch of emails off to folks that we knew in the New England area and said, "Hey, would you be open to having us on campus? And could we talk to you and talk to students, et cetera?" And honestly, dude, it, it all just sort of came together very, very, very uh, easily. It was it was sort of like this like serendipitous sort of like moment. So. Uh, we, my videographer, uh, flew up from, from DC and the two of us spent literally like five days driving around New England, talking to different students at different schools, uh, different admissions, uh, folks at different schools, different marketers at different schools. And it was just like a very, very like interesting, I would never done anything like this. It was a ton of fun. It was a ton of work. Um, it was very, very exhausting, um, and I'm still recovering, and it's you know almost been a week since we were on the road. But uh, I was hoping to kind of share some of the insights that we garnered on on the road with with you, Mickey, and then with with all of our listeners. But um, that's what I've been up to over the last week, and that's one of the reasons why I was a little bit uh, uh, un, you know unreliable when it came to recording uh, this particular segment over over the past week. So. Uh, that's that's well, what I've been podcasts up to. Podcasts are a little uh, a little more challenging to record when you're driving in a car. That's yeah. We we uh, did test pushing it. Pushing the limits. I, I did test it a little bit, and then it just it got a little unsafe. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I <laughs> we were trying to do this Zoom virtual thing while we were on the road to see if like. And again, I had my videographer with me, so he was like helping like hold everything, and like we were trying to do this cool thing where we were zooming with a contact who was in New York. And trying to be like, oh, what would it like? It would be so like meta to like record a podcast like while driving on the road show. Uh, and it was like a total flop. And so <laughs> we just, I was like, I was like, I almost got into an accident. Let's, let's not do this. Um, turns out I'm not as great of a multitasker as I, as I thought I was. Um, uh, anyhow, so Mickey, why don't I do this? I'm hoping to just share. Uh, a few of, of the sort of like more meaningful insights that I think we garnered and just hear kind of like what you think about them. Does that work? Absolutely. Awesome. Dive in. Okay, cool. So uh, one of the things that we did, like probably actually my favorite part of the whole trip was we went and we just like canvassed both on uh, campuses, but then also just like downtown uh, in sort of like the local town, whether that was like in Boston, 
uh, or uh, Portsmouth. We spent some time in Portsmouth. Um, and we would just, I, I, I literally like walked around with a sign. I don't know if you saw this on LinkedIn or not, but I walked around with a sign and I was like, look, you know, come talk to me about the future of higher education. I want to hear what you think. And basically I'll give you a $5 Starbucks gift card for two minutes of your time. That was sort of like my, my pitch. So very, very sort of like organic permission based, right? I didn't ask, I didn't, you know, yell at people. I, I wasn't like, Hey, come talk to me. I wasn't trying to interrupt people. I literally stood there silently with my sign and waited for people to read it and then self opt in to say, yes, yes, yes. I want to talk to this guy. So that was probably like my favorite thing that we did. Um, and so one of the things that, uh, a couple things from kind of canvassing that really stuck out to me was we talked to this one, uh, this one student who was at a, at Emerson college actually in Boston. And what she said, which, uh, was really interesting. She said, look, I think, uh, she was a senior and she said, I think the freshman year needs to be totally reimagined. And I think when students come into school, it should be required to be undecided. Like she said, you shouldn't just come in with an idea of like, this is what I want to major in. This is what I want to study, et cetera. She's like, you're 17. You might have some semblance of an idea. Like you might really like the idea of owning your own business one day, but you don't necessarily, ne you don't necessarily know whether or not sort of a business admin degree or a marketing degree or finance degree is really sort of like what makes the most sense for you to major in. So what she said is like, you should be required. School should require folks to come in undecided and that the core curriculum in that first year should include courses like how to manage a budget, uh, personality tests, right? And helping people really understand who they are, how they think, right? Where their skill sets uh, lie. And then career pathways. She said it would also be just really interesting to help students like understand basic things about how the business world works, right? Like what are taxes, right? Like things like that. She said, it, there's, there's typically one or two courses like this that a uh, college or university has. They might call it like university 100 or university, you know, 101 or whatever it is. But she was saying, really the freshman year should be much more about how to sort of like how to adult, if you will, uh, and less focused specifically on diving into coursework. And she said, your gen eds are important for sure, but this is sort of like in addition to your gen eds, you really need to understand these things because they have a huge bearing or they at least, they at least should have a huge bearing on what you ultimately decide to study. So what do you think about that, Mickey? Does that, does that resonate? And, and, and any sort of thoughts you'd add to to those sentiments. I fully understand that perspective. Um, I think that's um, a desire for a lot of college and university administrators, or at least portions of that. I think there's a probably a much wider gap between um, the thought of doing something like that or the, the need for that uh, be, between the student and the faculty side of it. Yeah. Um, you know, the faculty who are responsible for um, building a curriculum that leads to a degree in that major from that respective college university, you know, knowing taxes or learning how to adult is not necessarily um, something that we have accounted for fully. Hmm. And in, in saying, hey, yes, you are qualified uh, or deserving of a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration. Yeah, yeah. Or in biology, yeah. right? Uh, and so I think, you know, that I'm not, I'm certainly not opposed to that. I, I think there is 
more component to that. Now, what, you know, as you think about, you know, requiring someone to come in as undecided, there, I think a lot, there are schools out there. I know there are schools out there that they don't require you to come in undecided. They just don't allow you to, to declare a major when you first come in. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I yeah. think that, that, that exists. And I understand the value in that. I think there are inherent dangers for an institution in that scenario that they have to think about in terms of, um, cost of attendance and length of time from enrollment, first enrollment to degree attainment. Mm. You know, there's a lot of other pressure on schools to help students finish faster. Well, if you come in without a major and spend a, a semester or a year picking and choosing courses you want, we have to then rethink if, if we want to tie in and still maintain, we want the student in and out in four years for a cost purpose. And, you know, well, if, you know, if we do that, then there are other implications to that because then you can't just, you know, take basket weaving 101, 201, and 301 and then <laughs> yeah. want to go major in biology because yeah, yeah, yeah. that doesn't fit into 126 or 130 credits you need to graduate. So, you know, those, you know, I, 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 it comes to me as how do we bridge that gap and how do we provide what, what the, you know, let's say that every student was looking for that. How do we provide that while still having some measure um you know, to know that we, we were building up these students to have that degree in the major that they have. Like, you know, that's, that's, I think the rub. Um, yeah. It's not that it can't be done or that I wouldn't even be interested in doing it. It's there are those other implications to it that I think are, um, I wouldn't expect the student, let's put it, I wouldn't expect the student to be thinking of it in those terms. I think that'd be an unfair expectation. So the question is how do we address that for that student or students, if that's, you know, what we determine to be of their interest and still provide the, that education, yeah. especially degree. So. And, 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 and the way that she sort of like flushed it out too was, it, it sounded to me like basically a much more sort of like hands-on approach to uh, like career services, like what, what you might get if you yeah. actually go to career services at your, at your institution, but like almost like a required like curriculum of like, no, 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 like, hey, before you go and you spend the next three years studying this one thing or these couple things, let's like really do a deep dive and like let's reflect you just graduated from high school like where you were forced to study you were forced to take specific courses right and and you were forced down you know there's a little bit of variability depending on the school that you go to but not much and now it's like hey for the very first time you can do literally like whatever you want um and so she was just saying that like it would be it'd be nice to have way more coaching before you sort of like Hit, hit, you know, start down a path. Cause once you start down a path, it, it is people do switch yes. majors, but it's complicated and it's challenging. And it's like, Oh God, well, I'm not going to switch majors because then I'm going to be here for another you know semester or another two semesters. And so I might as well stick with this thing that I probably won't even do post-college, but I'm already on this track and I can't get off. So, so two things, the visual there of the path, um, because pathways is a very common term in higher ed. Um, and changing we we i we think and see that path when we see someone going down the trail of one major and then changing into a different major and seeing that path but but let's not forget going in undeclared as long as you're taking courses you have started a path sure, that's still sure. starting a path right or you can say it's not starting a path but knowing that what all you're doing and and to an extent spinning your wheels before you start a path you're still accumulating credits yeah and yeah. those credits may not be on the path that you choose. And so therefore that path is longer because of it. 
Um, and so I, that's, you know, those are the things that, but the other thing you said that did kind of spur an idea, because you, as you were responding there, the first thing you, you, you kind of connected there is that, you know, with career services or the career center doing this, what if we connected it all? Hmm. And I, this is the first time I've said this. What if we connected all of what she's talking about and what you and what a career center does? And let's drop the name career center. What if it's, I, I don't know the name, what it would be, but graduation services. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so this is, this is learning how to be an adult. This is learning how to be a professional at work. And this is learning about building your career. So is it, you know, if we started thinking about it in those terms, we're saying it's just, this is a career center is designed to get you off in the career, which is usually more job focused, but um, you know, graduation services. So it's not just a career because how do we prepare for graduate school to be a graduate student? How do we, you know, prepare you for fellowships or, yeah. um, and, you know, they already do internships, but, you know, and then in becoming a professional, not just getting a job and getting your resume and doing interviews, but being a professional as an accountant or being a professional as a marketing person or um, a doctor or a yeah. lawyer, what is, you know, preparing for that. And, and being that professional means how do we uh, become not just a professional working person, but, you know, a, a responsible citizen? What does that mean yeah. when you're not a college student? And I, and I think, too, it's like a lot of this, uh, you, you do take sort of like these like one-off courses here, like a University 100 or whatever that is, or you're supposed to like, you know, depending on the school that you go to in your senior year, check in with career services and go, you know, schedule an appointment with your counselor, whatever it is. And the problem is it's very like ancillary. Like it's, it's not sort of to your point, it's not integrated. It's not, it's like something, it's like an additional thing that you, you got to do a box. You have to sort of like check. Um, whereas it's sort of like arguably one of the most important things that I think employers need from students post graduation is to truly be like, you, you can't truly be like workforce ready without sort of like more context into Again, I, I'm even thinking like very, very specifically here. Like, if let's say you're going to go and you're you're graduating with a bachelor's in accounting, and um, you, it, it, one of the things that could be super helpful is if you were to sit down with somebody that like you know knew, knew sort of like the contemporary accounting world, and they were like, hey, by the way, like these are like the five software companies that all accounting firms use, or like, hey, these are sort of like like these are their names, or like, hey, you know. Uh, when you, you know, you, this is some jargon that you'll probably hear along, you know, uh, as you get into uh, your first job. And here's what these things mean. Hopefully you've uncovered some of that in your coursework, but not necessarily. Like, I mean, I, I studied marketing and, you know, there was no, like the the principles that we learned, right, were, were helpful and whatnot. Like the different courses that we took, that I took were were very interesting. Uh, and I, I do think I had a, a great college experience, but no one like when I when I got my first job at uh, at the agency, um, I didn't know what these software like. I had never heard of like a HubSpot, right? I had, I didn't know what marketing automation really meant, and I think that even like a simple sort of like sit down conversation with somebody where you're like, hey, just so you know, like when you show up, like if you if you want to like impress on your first day here are sort of like the players in the industry that people respect, or here's what you need to know about how to talk about some of these things that you might not quite have learned in your textbook, stuff like that. I think that's, you know, very valid. I'm interested to know as you talked with other students, how that, how, what, what were the connecting points yeah, um, yeah, that yeah. seemed to resonate across the students? Yeah. So um, another really interesting, uh, nice kind of segue here is I, I asked students a lot about like, 
Hey, in making your decisions, like one of the things that, you know, the media talks a lot about, you know, the fo- folks in sort of like my industry talk a lot about is like the ROI of a college education, right? So like, what, how did you think about that as you were applying to schools? And one of the more interesting insights, uh, two people said something uh, close to this. Uh, one person said this exactly, and then another another individual I spoke with uh, alluded to it. So it was by, by no means sort of like common sentiment, um, but I thought it was, was an interesting sentiment. And that was that in order to make uh, their college decision, what this student did is they actually called. So they talked to um, the uh, uh, they talked to whoever sort of like headed up uh, alumni of affairs at that uh, school, and they said, "Hey, can you put me in touch with recent graduates?" And then what the student did is they called people who were one, three, and five years out of school from that institution. So. What they were really, what the student was saying is like, I was really interested in not understanding sort of like my longer term earning potential and like, okay, am I going to be able to pay back my college education over the course of, you know, 20 years, 10 to 15 years? And and will it have been worth it? This student was saying, I really want to understand like, how much money am I going to be making one year, three year and five years out, roughly speaking? And how does that translate to what I'm spending right now? So I thought that was a super interesting insight in that. Again, I think a lot of the times colleges and universities tout like their uh, they tout graduation rates. They t- they tout how many of their students uh, have jobs or in, or are in graduate education after graduation, et cetera. But not often do you see sort of like any sort of like meaningful statistics around. Hey, one year, three year, five years out. Uh, here's roughly what you could expect based off of our averages. And I think a lot of that is because it's that's data that. Not, you know, that maybe some schools have, not every school has, or it's not easy to sort of like comb through. There's huge variability in there. But I just thought that that was a a super valuable insight and something that I would totally encourage any college, you know, student who asked me for for, for my thoughts to ask is like, hey, yeah, what what can you expect if you're going to go study business at this institution? Like roughly speaking, how are their students doing one year, three year and five years out? Not 10 years out, not 20 years out, but one, three and five years, just so you have some sort of benchmark to understand how much, you know, how long am I going to be in debt? What sort of uh, entry level positions uh, can I expect? How quickly can I expect to sort of like move up the, you know, proverbial ladder, et cetera? So, what, what do you think about that? Well, it's interesting to me, you know, are the, the all I, I'm not shocked. Let's put it this way yeah, because, yeah. you know, the, I, as we have learned more about this um, generation of college students, you know, cost, um, debt, things, you know, accruing debt, um, that's, that's a big concern for them. Um, when I, and I am very appreciative of that, uh, you know, personally, but, um, so that, that's interesting. I think now, you know, as we think about that, Hey, I agree with you. This, I don't know that the data is going to be there. We just started really trying to track, you know, income and earnings and, um, or not necessarily income earnings, but uh, job placement rates, you know, we started, you know, in the past five or 10 years, really starting to better solidify and ensure that the data that we have on our graduates and their employment after completing is in place and that we know what's happening there. I think adding in the other component, um, I think is valuable. I always get concerned as a former higher ed practitioner, like, you know, to what extent is, is it still their responsibility three years after graduation? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's important to know 
but whose responsibility is it for tracking that? Hmm. Um, and to, to what extent is that a cost or, you know, to the, to a college university to, to have that data, to actually go and find it and track it and ensure that it's accurate. You know, again, I, I always worry about costs. You know, we want to keep costs as low as we can, uh, but then we also want them to do more. And that's a really tough thing, in, at least in my mind, yeah. you know, if someone's doing it, please tell us, yeah. I, I want to know and see it. I want to know the impact of it. Cause I'm, I'm very curious because I see, I very much see the value in that, especially from the student side. Um, and as they think about, you know, a choice of where they enroll, which could have such a dramatic impact on their life yeah, for the next 80 years or 70 years, 60 years, however long, that's a huge um, impact that, 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 that selection is going to have. And so there is great value in that. Um, there's also great cost, I believe. In that. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And, you know, that uh, brings us to this, you know, uh, another interesting insight. And I thought that, you know, this in- insight was a, a very like mature one. Uh, and it did, it, it was, very, it was a little bit more of like an outlier. But uh, this one student that we talked to, he was a film student. And what he said, he was a, I believe he was a sophomore. And he said, look, I didn't choose this school. I think he was at, I think this, he was at BC. He's like, I didn't choose, you know, Boston College because I thought that they were going to teach me anything, like technically speaking, that I don't already know about how to make a movie. He's like, I, I've been making films since I was seven years old. I know the software really well. I know how to shoot really well. Um, I've made sort of like amateur films and I've, you know, won a couple like, uh, uh, you know, awards. And so I didn't I didn't choose BC because of that. I actually chose them because their psychology programs are really 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 good and I want to better understand how people think so that I can create films that move people or change people's sort of opinions. Uh and I thought that was like if if you could sort of like you know uh, uh summarize um what I think many many institutions would love for their students to the perspective that they'd love for students to have is like, look, we're going to teach you mindset. We're going to teach you frameworks. We're going to teach you how to understand how like the world works and how to make good decisions. We want to teach you to be sort of critical thinkers. Um, and then you can apply that in whatever, you know, whatever, wherever sort of like life takes you, whatever career path you so desire. Um, but I thought that, that was just a really, really mature, interesting insight is he actually picked schools not based off of, you know, who, which schools had the best film programs, but actually which schools had the best psych programs. That's what he used to sort of like evaluate his, his decision. He could be a marketer. I know, right? You know, that's the type of insight marketers need. You know, I, you know, it's interesting, you know, that that thought process, um, you know, I think that would be a good example of where a, a, a coach or mentor would be, you know, helpful. You know, is he a filmmaker majoring in psychology? Because he's, you know, to him, if you ask him that, he'd say, I believe he would, from what you just described, he would probably say yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm, yeah. I've already done these things. I know how to do those things. Uh, and so he's really a student of psychology. He's a filmmaker and student of psychology. Um, now, I don't know you know, does he know what he doesn't know about filmmaking? And is there some real learning that that could, 
you know be had there yeah and um, yeah and i'm sure but, i mean I'm, I'm sure i'm sure that there is it's a classic yes. like oh, sophomore I mean, in college I, that's like oh, i know everything correct. yeah correct <laughs> correct yeah and 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 there is you know we know and and i think maybe time will tell he can um as as he graduates he can reflect and say you know here are the things i i know i learned um from that from the film piece of my studies um but you know that i either way i think it, it does connect you know with what the other student is saying to me in a sense that you know what's the role and value of having someone that can coach you through that um and having someone that you can talk to about the two subjects to help you make sure you're connecting those thoughts and ideas and you know i think that can really open a new level of thought and creation um and, and ideas as you combine those two disciplines together. So to, I find that to be um, insightful, but also just really interesting. Uh, I'm sure, you know, for you probably really enjoy this conversation just to see and hear the stories as much as to gain the insights and the learning. Totally. Um, and and I, I mean, I, yeah. I feel like you don't hear, I, I guess I don't hear like we're, we're so sort of driven by, I guess, I guess what this particular insight showed me is that there are definitely still students out there that like, while they do care about sort of the ROI of college, like they're also like mature enough to, to and, and really sort of like care about sort of like the workforce readiness of whatever school that they, that they select. There are still students out there that are, that see things a little bit differently. Like, look, like film is a hard industry to break into uh, uh, regardless. It was almost as if he was saying like, I don't expect to be able to break, I don't expect to be able to like make it in this industry because of Boston College. But what I do expect is that I'm going to garner really interesting insight around how people actually think. And I don't I don't know enough about human psychology, right? To to sort of like be an expert in that. But I do know how if, if I can learn that really well, I can marry that with my technical skill sets, my creative skill sets, and then I think I have marketable skills. Uh, and I thought that that was just just a very interesting way of thinking about sort of like the purpose and the value of college. Um, and, and one that I don't feel like at least I hear enough about in sort of like the media that I that I consume about sort of like uh, the perceived value of a four year degree. Here, here. <laughs> uh okay well um you know there are a plethora of other insights that we can maybe work into uh future future episodes uh here mickey any uh parting thoughts before we before we sign off and uh any well i'm curious to you talked you talked to faculty staff as well right yes yes we did how did i one, one question let's extend just a couple yeah. minutes yeah how did you identify any areas where insights feedback from faculty staff were off or different from what the students were sharing. So to be totally, where are their gaps? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be totally fair, we did speak with folks who faculty and staff who were a, a little bit more like progressive in terms of like their thought around sort of okay. how college should be structured. Uh, we talked with uh, Dr. Neil Nyman, who heads up the business and practice program at University of New Hampshire, for instance. And he was a uh, associate dean uh, of the business school there and ended up sort of like realizing that he needed to sort of reimagine how UNH was teaching uh, uh, business courses to make students a little bit more like ready and um, 
really just a little bit more valuable immediately post-graduation. So what he did, he led this whole cool, uh, his program now has, uh, this this unit has like 70 courses. They're all like between two and three credit courses. And what they do is they go and they, they, they sort of like bring experiential learning into the classroom. So they go and they find people like you, Mickey, and they say, hey, Mickey, like, what are you really passionate about? You are a trusted voice in your industry. Uh, let's design a course with you that you can then teach to our students. So they help you sort of like design the entire course. Um, they don't go and say, hey, we want to... We want to we want a course on you know Bitcoin and the blockchain. Let's go find an expert. They say let's go like meet cool people. Let's talk with these industry experts and then let's work with them to develop this course. So he's doing a lot of really really progressive things and basically believes you know fundamentally that you need the business core. You you, you, you absolutely need the core, but the future of higher education instruction is going to look a lot more like. Uh, a marriage between sort of like tenured faculty and like practitioner. So he sort of envisions like, you know, a world where you, you're taking sort of like uh, a course, one course from a, a, a tenured faculty member. And then the next course that you're taking within sort of like the same topic or vein is taught by somebody who's actually working right now in that space. Then you move, you know, topics, right? And now you're talking about finance, right? You were talking about marketing. Now you're talking about finance. Okay. Tenured faculty teaches, you know, a course coupled with like somebody who's, you know, working on Wall Street right now, right? And so his his vision is like you still need the grounding, right, and like the the research and the thought that tenured faculty uh, have. But if you don't immediately couple like that particular topic with something incredibly timely and practical, right, you're gonna lose. So that that's sort of his his big thesis and. Um, that's why he's created this, this particular program. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's, I, I find that really intriguing. Um, I also find that there will be, uh, that could be a potential, obviously it's a break from traditional style, um, delivery of education. Um, but I, I can see where there could be a break between some types of educational tracks and others. Um, English or philosophy won't be able to, yeah, yeah. you know, embed that in the same way. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, although, you know, I, I, I did ask about that and like one, one quick idea he had is like, and again, I think that this is more, he, again, he's a business guy, right? So it's all sort of like coming through this lens, but he was like, look, like what if in, you know, if folks say, if you study English, like it's gonna be really hard to get a job, right? Well, what if like, you know, folks still write a lot. Like writing is very important to a wide variety of industries. What if you could talk about sort of like the power of storytelling and SEO, right? Like help students who really love writing, who really love telling stories to be able to sort of like translate that into uh, into sort of like a, a, a skill set. Like, hey, everyone cares about SEO right now. Everyone cares about quality content. How do you take your craft and hone it into uh, a specific uh, area that is that is very very valuable. So he was like, you know, imagine like you uh, after sort of your uh, European lit class or something like that. The next the next semester, you're talking about how to apply sort of like the best frameworks of of storytelling for um, you know for for business or something like that. So I I, I also agree it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but I do think like there are ways to at least like move 
in that general direction, even if we, you know, even if it doesn't translate perfectly uh, to, to sort of like each school or each program of study. Really intriguing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, and I, the end, at the end of the day, I guess what I would just end with, um, again, lots of other insights here that will be, uh, published on future, uh, podcast episodes and coming out in a wide variety of our, of our media, uh, content, um, is I, I, I left feeling very hopeful, Mickey. Like I, I left feeling like, wow, there are some really progressive thinkers in this space that are, are totally owning up to the areas where higher ed is, is sort of falling short, but are like, dramatically like passionate about the industry about the importance of higher education and are like determined to figure out not how to hack higher ed but sort of like how to sort of like increase the value proposition of higher ed and how to how to encourage students and and really remind the general public why education is so important so i left on a very very high note and hope that our listeners will too awesome well, I'm glad you had a great trip, some good learning, maybe some insights and maybe some ideas even um, as you move forward and think about other ways that you can help schools engage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, I appreciate you, sir, and thank you for your time. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you next week, everyone. Take care. Hey friends, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, um, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.